Hello, welcome back to Meraki Unboxed. My name is Simon Thompson, host of the show, and it's great to be welcoming you back to the show once again. Uh, we are still in our work from home mode, certainly here at Cisco Meraki, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if many of you are also in the same situation. Uh, we thank you so much for staying loyal to the podcast. I've been watching the statistics for the downloads of the show, and I've barely seen any change from before all of this started. So I'm super grateful that we've maintained a good, healthy audience for the podcast, and thank you so much for taking time out to join us again today. And you're going to be really glad you did because today we've got a really hot topic in the world of networking and specifically in the world of Wi-Fi. Uh, and I can't wait to get into that. Just a quick reminder that Meraki Unboxed is a podcast we run every couple of weeks. And it's really something we put together for your benefit. So that means that I really want to hear from you uh, what you want us to feature on the show. And as a matter of fact, the topic that we're choosing today is one that uh, a listener specifically reached out to me and, and asked to us to do a show on. So I'm super happy to be responding to that and providing that content today. Uh, and this includes you as well. So if you have ideas for what we can cover on the Meraki Unbox podcast, please reach out to me. And I think the most effective way to do that is probably via Twitter. Uh, my Twitter account is at Meraki Simon, and I'm on Twitter all day, every day. Uh, and believe it or not, I get paid to do that as part of my job. Uh, lucky me, I guess. I don't know if I don't actually know if that is a good thing in this day and age. There is all kinds of crazy stuff going on on Twitter. Um, but I hope you're keeping well. And uh, and we're really, as I said, happy to have you here. Let's get into the topic for today. It feels like only uh, a matter of a couple of weeks or so since we uh, launched our most recent. Uh, range of Wi-Fi 6 certified access points, and we now have a very full complement of those. Uh, and we're super proud of having, I think, what is the most comprehensive range of Wi-Fi 6 certified access points uh, in the market today. And uh, what I wanted to get into today is a topic that really builds on the next stage of what's coming for Wi-Fi, because coincidentally, uh, Wi-Fi 6 is not done by any means, and we've got some super exciting uh, things coming along uh, to that we're going to talk about on the show today. So to help us with that conversation, I'm going to introduce uh, the guests that we have today. First of all, we have Sunil from Product Management at Meraki. How are you doing, Sunil? Doing good, Simon. How about you? Well, I'm doing great. I mean, it's Friday afternoon. This is the last thing I'm doing of the week uh, as we record this. Uh, so that, that feels good. Weekend's almost here. Uh, and we also have David from Product Marketing. Hey, David. Hey, Simon. Honored to be on the show. <laughs> it's great to have you on. Thank you for, for agreeing to come and uh, help us with this conversation today. Uh, it's a pretty exciting one, I think. And I want to dive straight into uh, the content. So I, I said that we've got something new and exciting in the world of Wi-Fi. So, Samil, what, what exactly has happened here? What is this thing we're going to be talking about today? So today, uh, you know, the topic of discussion is... a. Uh, very big announcement, or you may even say historic announcement, that was that happened on April 23rd. FCC announced the approval of some additional spectrum for Wi-Fi in the 6 gigahertz space. Uh, it's a huge, huge day for the Wi-Fi industry, I would say, because there's a lot of uh, potential, a lot of applications that uh, you know we expect to see unlocked, and definitely good news for the Wi-Fi industry and the you know uh, network engineers out there. 
Yeah, and it's it's amazing. This technology just has just kept on going, uh, has been evolving for as long as I've been in this industry, all the way from the days of 11B, I'm showing my age now, uh, through to today. And, and it's so exciting that, uh, that it keeps on evolving because, of course, we're in this increasingly mobile world. We need more and more Wi-Fi, more mobility. Um, David, I think you're going to help us with this conversation today. Uh, so maybe kick us off with, with you know, why, why is this such a big deal? What do we want to really uh, explain to our listeners today? Well, I think many times when a new technology arrives on the scene, we kind of need to use our imagination a little bit to understand the full impact of how that'll affect our daily lives and, and our organizations and our networks. And, you know, when you think about, for example, the iPhone coming out in 2007, it was a bit mind-blowing for a lot of people that you could, you know, send a picture in a text message. And that was pretty amazing at mm -hmm. the time. Well, looking forward, Wi-Fi 6E is going to bring in all sorts of new applications and use cases with, with all that additional spectrum that's going to be available. Um, and, and just as a few examples, you know, I've been been uh, researching this quite a bit. If you look into, for example, manufacturing, the possibility that a robot could actually not have any wiring on it, for example, ethernet cables and, and things like that, it could be purely wireless. That makes that robot extremely flexible, mobile, it can move all over the place, mm -hmm. it could be using lasers to trim metal, it could be putting cars together, and that robot's picking up a lot of data and if you can connect that robot, a flexible robot with no wiring on it that's mobile, that can move all over the place, and then it can stream that data at high speeds, really high Wi-Fi speeds, up into the cloud, it can then connect artificial intelligence to that robot, which can make it more accurate, more productive, more efficient. And there's all sorts of applications like this. You're going to need to use your imagination a little bit to, to start understanding how that's going to work. You know, another example is in education. Imagine virtual reality and augmented reality where you, instead of sitting in a classroom listening to a lecture about history, you get dropped into a battlefield of the Civil War and you can see everything all around you in 360 degrees high-resolution, immersive experiences. Mm. So a lot of these types of applications that, that you're going to see are going to be enabled by Wi-Fi 6E. And it's hard to imagine today, but in the course of three, five, seven, ten years, a lot of this stuff is going to be out there and be considered ubiquitous. Yeah, I definitely believe it. So, we, we, so you mentioned there about speed and, and performance. Uh, obviously, that's super important. I guess the other aspect to this is uh, is the challenges we've had with Wi-Fi, right? Um, Samir, what, what's happening on the on that side of things? So, um, you know, as as part of the announcement, there was a, a few different things that happened, and it has enabled a lot of stuff. Uh, the most important thing, though, is 1,200 megahertz worth of spectrum was allocated uh, for Wi-Fi use. Now, that's tremendous. I mean. Uh, Till date, since Wi-Fi was launched uh, in 11B or even 11 Prime Day, like 97, uh, the spectrum that we have combined in 2.4 and 5 gigahertz, uh, it's more than that. It's significantly more than that. And that has, you know, enabled the use of 160 megahertz channels that has been 
you know, very rare in the Wi-Fi space till date. <clears throat> and now, uh, with the additional capabilities or the additional bandwidth, we can now achieve two uh, Gbps uh, speeds, um, you know, on the APs. That's incredible, uh, just for you yeah. know, wireless spectrum. Yeah. Now, if you can think about the robots, uh, the amount of data that they can send back is definitely a lot more. And there's a saying that's going on, uh, you know, in the industry: eighty is the new forty. Uh, and uh, 40 is the, or 160 is the new 80 or something like that. Mm -hmm. To get that extra bandwidth. Yep. So it's also a matter of, uh, so, so, it's, so there's definitely something here relating to the, the spectrum that's available. And of course, we spent years encouraging people to move from, uh, from the old 2.4 uh, which of course is still heavily used today, but but trying to move people from two point four to five uh, to try to you know get a cleaner experience on their Wi-Fi, and and lo and behold, we appear to be repeating history. Yes, and there's the second aspect that I wanted to highlight. So in addition to just enabling new spectrum in six E, um, what uh, FCC has done is uh, what IEEE is hoping to do is they're limiting uh, which technologies will be used in the spectrum as well. Um, I don't think you know this has been done before. So what the rulemaking or what the bodies are saying is six gigahertz spectrum will only allow 802.11ex. So they will not be you know slowed down by some of the older technologies that they have. Right. And the, the advantages of uh, AX or Wi-Fi 6 uh, will also be you know, readily available as soon as the spectrum is unlocked. Mm. Okay, so what, what is what is wrong with what we have today? Let's let's try and dive into that in a little bit more detail. Uh, we we've got pretty good Wi-Fi today, but of course that's based on our uses today. And as David pointed out, there's there's changes coming, which you know there's other opportunities, there's new uses for wireless data that potentially challenge even what we have today so maybe maybe walk us through some of that side of things sure so certainly we are seeing a lot more devices proliferating in all of our wireless environments mm -hmm. as an example in our meraki office in san francisco over the last year or so i've been tracking the amount of wireless clients that have been logging onto our wireless network on our dashboard and it's 20 to 30% of an increase over the course of about a year. So in our enterprise office, we're experiencing that as well. Everybody's becoming mobile first. I mean, I look at my MacBook that I'm recording on right now, there's not a single ethernet port to be seen. Mm. And people enjoy that experience and it's gonna continue to transition in that direction where we'll have more mobile devices, more IoT devices, BYOD is really exacerbating that problem. And at the same time, we have a really long tail of device, the devices that keep showing up on the network. And a lot of these older devices are slowing down the entire performance of the network. So uh, I, I'd like to add to David's point as well, right? Like, um, it's not just that. Uh, the spectrum does get congested as devices are starting to grow. Uh, you know, we've seen so many reports that are coming out in the market. Um, the IoT device ecosystem, in general, a lot of devices are growing and the Wi-Fi users is growing. Uh, and with that, you know, additional capacity uh, is what's needed. While we do have that, 
you know, uh, the new additional capacity that's uh, available with 6E is going to go a long way. I always like to use the, you know, freeway example. Uh, we have a four-lane highway today, let's say, for example, and, uh, you know, with 6E, that's becoming an eight-lane highway, if you will. And what that does is, you know, it just allows or accommodates the more cars, or in this case, cars that are presented by the IoT devices that can be accommodated. Now, even with, uh, you know, the COVID situation going on, a lot of people are working from home. Um, you know, the device ecosystem, the IoT devices inside the home are growing. Uh, my At my house, I think I have about 35, 40 devices that are connected to my Wi-Fi what? and are updating something or the other. Yes, that's true. Uh, I am a technology geek, so I I, I, I feel like challenging you to go through the list, but I think that I don't think if we have enough time on the show today. <laughs> yes, um, I, I probably you know try to automate a lot of things, but yeah. So uh, I do have a. Uh, you know, close to 40 devices on my network as well. And with uh, work from home, you know, we are streaming video applications. We are, you know, trying to stay connected to work. And me and my wife both are, you know, working at the same time. Mm. Uh, the videos might become 4K pretty soon, uh, given the additional capacity. And so uh, even with work from home, you may not think about this, but even with work from home, you know, that additional capacity will be useful. Okay. All right, so let's get into this wonderful, brave, new, exciting uh, world that's coming. It's not quite up, up above the horizon yet, but it's headed our way, uh, 6E. So what is it going to do uh, specifically to try and address these things? So um, I, I can start off. So some of these things, um, I mean, I think I've mentioned clean spectrum a couple of times. So that, that one is definitely a pretty straightforward one. Uh, limiting to you know the newer technology, 11AX or Wi-Fi 6, that's going to be definitely a big, big uh, you know help because uh, as David mentioned, one of the biggest things is you know having to support the older clients. Uh, as people say, Wi-Fi is a shared spectrum, so every time you know an older device connected needs to the newer devices need to accommodate the older one as well, um, and so that's definitely going to help a lot. And then for uh, higher bandwidth applications, uh, you know, AR, VR, I think uh, there was a video of, uh, you know, Meraki MV camera video being streamed to, you know, one of the 3D uh, goals. I see that being common, uh, you know, uh, everywhere. People that, you know, want to play games as well um, mm -hmm. for the gaming companies and all the other experiences. So that's, I'm guessing, you know, uh, will be become uh, a lot of, uh, you know, normal day use cases. Well, David, I think uh, you here or you're looking into, you know, uh, some of the, you know, uh, higher end use cases right now. Do you want to speak something on, you know, what you're hearing there? Yeah, to tack on a little bit, Samil, you mentioned VR and AR, and I mentioned a couple applications earlier as well, but healthcare is another one where there are existing applications today where healthcare professionals are actually using augmented reality and doing holographic surgeries, which sounds pretty incredible, but that kind of stuff is already starting to happen now, right? And we expect that that would continue. Um, but a few other areas where 6E can really help address uh, some of these challenges in terms of you know, density uh, challenges, additional devices, um, especially with today's current day, we've got schools that are trying to figure out how they can operate in a, in a new post-COVID-19 world. And one of the ideas that gets thrown around is, for example, doing outdoor classes. Well, with Wi-Fi 6E, you've got 
uh, you know, expanded capacity and capability, expanded power levels that you can push out to, to reach some of those outdoor areas where you might have a socially distanced uh, learning environment. Um, and then also from a backhaul perspective, we've got 5G rolling out. You know, is 6E going to be backhauling a lot of the 5G traffic in, in the future? Um, and are people going to be maybe using a lot more meshing with Wi-Fi 6E in certain applications because you've got that higher bandwidth to be able to handle um, the mesh networking? Hmm. Actually, I'm glad you mentioned 5G, uh, David, because uh, that was that was definitely one of the questions I had on my mind. It's Every time we talk about Wi-Fi, it seems these days, uh, the question comes up, what about 5G? And, you know, we know why. We know that it's, it's uh, you know, a technology that's been evolving very fast on the cellular side of things. So, um, Samil, but, you know, with this is coming along, is it not going to make uh, 6E irrelevant? Or is, it, is there a place for both of these, do you think? I think uh, to a large extent, you know, these uh, technologies are complementary. Uh, 5G, I'm guessing, you know, will be used for, you know, cellular and uh, 6E will continue to be used for, you know, uh, unlicensed use. And the reason, one of the primary reasons I say that is because uh, Wi-Fi is still predominantly, you know, lower cost to deploy. Um, and as I said, like Wi-Fi is not going away anytime soon, even in the device ecosystem. It's like very thoroughly embedded in there. And the IoT space is another piece where, you know, uh, a lot of times Wi-Fi is just very easy to onboard. Um, and so I, I do see a place where both of these technologies uh, will be available in the market. 5G is going to be more for like, uh, you know, wide area networks for macro networks and 6E or 6 gigahertz will be available for more like uh, local area networks. Yeah, and, and, and we've already established with, you know, another product solution we have at Meraki that, you know, one challenge with 5G is that it's it's reach into uh, especially larger buildings is uh, mm. is an area of question at least, and so that that's still very much something which Wi-Fi can can assist us with. So definitely place for both, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, David, when when do we think uh, we're going to be seeing 6E? What's the actual timeline we're we're talking about here? Yeah, why don't we have it already, right? The FCC announced it, should be released. <laughs> I'm sure that's what all our listeners are thinking right now. Unfortunately, there, there are, um, as usual, a lot of moving parts. So as Sunil mentioned, you know, we had the FCC announcement was made in April, uh, but there are still a lot of things happening. Um, you know, U.S. made the announcement here with the FCC, and then Europe has actually been studying the six gigahertz uh, for quite a while, but they aren't going to vote on it until I believe it's in roughly January, somewhere around the next six to eight months. Uh, Here we are in in June at the moment. Uh, So they'll sort of be following the U.S. and and you can expect that likely other regions and countries will start to make some decisions around six gigahertz spectrum as well down the line after the U.S. and Europe have made those decisions. But that's just the first step. Um, then you have the stage of the chipsets coming out. And that can take some time because there's lots of components there, right? You've got the core chipset, but then you've also got some additional components to make that actually work in practice, like the front end module, the power amplifier, the filters. And those are likely coming out towards the end of this year into next year, 2021. 
And people are expecting the first access points to come out in sort of late 2020, 2021 timeframe. And then consumer devices shortly following after that. But in reality, you know, a lot of these things take time, similar to what we're going through right now with the rollout of Wi-Fi 6. It takes some time. It takes a few years for the entire ecosystem to be built up. And so, you know, you can expect some Wi-Fi 6E clients start to come out in significant numbers sort of in 2022 um, and then really become ubiquitous in probably three, five, seven years. Right. And, and actually, as you were talking there, I was thinking that the, the biggest challenge here is probably not building clients and, and access points that can work at these different frequencies. I mean, just just it's just a different frequency from the one we operate at today. Um, so that it's like a formula that we've repeated in the past and we can repeat again. But the bigger challenge really is a lot around um, the spectrum stuff. So as you said, I mean, obviously FCC has made the announcement here. Uh, but it can't be taken for granted uh, in other countries around the world that uh, that, that spectrum is going to be even available. It might be in use for something else right now. So maybe, uh, you know, that they'll have to um, figure out how to move whatever is using that specific spectrum uh, to somewhere else uh, on the map before they can allow this. And, and you know, I remember uh, in days gone by, there's been uh, there are certain countries in the world where there's only been one channel available uh, to um, to actually use on Wi-Fi, so it, it's a complex picture out there. And so to to think of six E as you know something which is just going to be coming around the corner tomorrow is is probably not realistic, uh, given all of that sort of international regulatory complexity in particular. Okay, so uh, well, in the meantime, then what are we going to do about it, uh, Samil? What um, remind us what the best practices are for wi-fi like we have we have already we have just released some fantastic products and some of the advances in wi-fi 6 are really significant beyond what came before uh so you know how do we make best use of what we have today while we're waiting for this new spectrum to open up so one of the key things when deploying wi-fi is to ensure that you know there's a good design uh, as networks are, you know, increasing capacity day by day, yes, 6E will provide more capacity. But even today, there's a lot of, you know, data that uh, flows through Wi-Fi. I mean, our entire office, uh, I rarely see anybody using, you know, uh, cabling. Everything is over Wi-Fi. So uh, good design is extremely important because at the end of the day, uh, you know, the, as as long as the design is good, only then you will get the optimal performance from the AP. Uh, but with our new APs, uh, you know, uh, we have a lot of options to solve multiple use cases, um, and you know, they're they're very good performing APs. Uh, some of the tests that we've seen, it's blown my mind away, and so customers can you know uh, take advantage of the new Wi-Fi six APs. But design is the key in this case. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. And and clients wise, I mean, we're just starting to see uh, mm -hmm. the 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 widespread adoption of. Uh, Wi-Fi 6 mm -hmm. chipsets in those clients. Uh, so what's, mm -hmm. what do you think is going to happen uh, as we move into, into 6E? What's going to happen on the client side? So uh, what I do expect on the client side is, you know, as David mentioned, devices will start to show up you know, late 2020 or early 2021. Uh, there will be a gradual increase, just like a technology adoption, I would say. There will be a gradual increase in the number of 6E clients, uh, but uh, predominantly you will have 2.4 and 5 gigahertz clients. 
uh, it's not a software upgradable thing. Uh, so there, it will be newer devices that will be capable of doing six gigahertz. Right. And so that's, that's a key factor to keep in mind. Yeah. So what about, um, sort of overlays? Like how are we going to, how are we going to run 6E alongside our existing infrastructure in order to be able to support not just those brand new clients coming out, but also the, the legacy ones are still so many of those out there and they'll be with us for some time to come. So uh, the way, you know, we, uh, envision this being rolled out is for, for the foreseeable, uh, at least for the initial few years, um, it will be the legacy 2.4 and 5 gigahertz that will be deployed along with 6E or 6 gigahertz to be precise. So you'll have all three bands, you know, uh, live in action. And uh, the other piece uh, to keep in mind is uh, 6 gigahertz, even though, you know, it's a separate band that's enabled, uh, there is an option in the technology uh, that, you know, you can advertise the support for 6 gigahertz in 5 gigahertz as well. So devices that connected to 5 gigahertz can then uh, find out that 6 gigahertz is also available. So there's a couple of ways uh, that it can be used. And so because of this, we do expect that uh, in addition to 6 gigahertz, uh, 2.4 and 5 gigahertz will definitely be out there. Right. And and actually, you reminded me as you were describing that, that there can be an advertisement there. Um, that's just like the band steering thing we do today, right? With, um, with going from 2.4 to 5 gigahertz. Yes, uh, it is uh, very similar to band steering. And, you know, we do expect that, you know, uh, out of band steering uh, will be something that, you know, uh, will gain traction over time. Mm -hmm. So just to be really clear then uh, on this topic, I mean, related to what you were just saying, I think, Samil, uh, backwards compatibility. I think obviously this is a concern. Uh, most of us listening to this podcast are in the world of tech we're at the cutting edge we want the very latest toys all the time but you know we also know that companies need to sweat their assets they need to keep this stuff around for as long as it can provide a good service life so how are we going to handle that backwards compatibility for for the devices that are already in the market today so uh, from a I'll, I'll answer that question in two phases. One is the access point side and then the client side. From an access point side, uh, you know, once you have six gigahertz, it'll just be an additional band uh, in the access points, I think, uh, that we'll start to see. Mm -hmm. So from a backwards compatibility perspective, as, as long as you support 2.4 and 5 gigahertz, I think you should be good there. From a client side perspective, it's going to be similar in the fact that, you know, uh, 2.4, 5 gigahertz and 6 gigahertz will be supported people may drop, you know, 2.4 or one of the bands. But uh, as long as you support, you know, two of the three bands or all three bands, you know, the device can then make a decision on which band to use and which technology to use. So from a backward compatibility perspective, you do need to have support for, you know, multiple bands there. Right. It's good to know those things. And so, I mean, I, I think you've answered this already, but just to be really clear for everybody listening, uh, potentially getting excited about this new stuff, uh, I mean, not just Meraki, but really APs generally, uh, you know, can they be upgraded to, to 6E? Uh, uh, the, the short answer is no. Uh, I mean, 6 gigahertz, you know, is a hardware change because you need, you know, new components that need to go on the AP and on the client side. So it's not going to be just be a software update. Uh, it will be a hardware change. Right. Okay, well, that's clear. And, and, I, and I think, um, as we've said, you know, everybody's making big investments right now as we sit here. 
around uh, Wi-Fi 6 and both on the sort of infrastructure side and on the client side. And here we are talking about the thing which is going to come next down the road. So let's let's all try and keep a, a sense of perspective and reality around um, you know the the realities of people's uh, expenditure and budgets for for this technology. But having said all of that, and I do know this for sure, if we don't answer this question, then we're never going to hear the end of it online. Uh, the elephant in the room question, of course, is going to be when Meraki <laughs> is going to have some product in the market. So um, give us something to look forward to, Samir. <laughs> uh, didn't we talk about just shipping everything like today? <laughs> yeah, that was what David was saying, right? Everything's expected to be uh, ready today since the FCC announced it a whole month ago. <laughs> no, but... Um... Meraki has always been, you know, uh, focused on providing customers with latest technology uh, that, you know, address their needs, uh, you know, however uh, they're using it. Uh, it's it's not just about hardware. There's there's a there's a few moving components there as well. Uh, as you know, the legislation is being finalized. There are some additional components for you know outdoor Wi-Fi as well. Uh, Meraki is closely you know monitoring these things. And but at the end of the day, you know, it's not just hardware. It's um, you know, beyond hardware that the team is focusing on. Mm-hmm. While, you know, Wi-Fi 6 or 6 gigahertz is coming, uh, that also unleashes a lot of, uh, uh, you know, uh, bandwidth on the LAN infrastructure. And to do that, you know, we're, we've, we're already making investments on the LAN side and upgrading the switches. Um, and at the same time, you know, with the push for, or with uh, the ability to move more and more devices to Wi-Fi with the mobile office, we are also making huge amounts of investments in Meraki Health to simplify, you know, how customers uh, manage wireless networks. So while we are, you know, closely following the standards and, you know, uh, discussing with uh, you know, vendors and partners of how to bring the technology to market, we are already making investments in the platform to make sure that, you know, uh, the core components are there for customers to come in and you know, start adopting the technology as it becomes available. Awesome. I actually think that's a really good point to 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 end on because, you know, we've spent this session uh, talking about hardware and standards and protocols. The reality is that uh, it's not just about providing that that foundation. It's also what you do with it. And you know, David talked about these new potential use cases for the new technology, but there's also the stuff that vendors are building on the software side to take advantage. And, and to enhance the experience of um, wireless networking. So, hardware certainly is a very important part of part of that. But the, you know, the providing a good experience and being able to troubleshoot it well and being able to really understand the contributing factors to the Wi-Fi experience that's that's huge. I think so. Good stuff. And I'm I'm really super happy that the well, it just goes from strength to strength. The the PM team, the the management and engineering team in uh, in at Meraki for wireless and and all the other products. So thanks a lot, uh, Samil. Uh, and David, thank you really much, very much for, for coming in today. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having us over. Thanks, Simon. We've kept it short and sweet today, but I think it's a really important topic and I'm really glad that we were able to give that some airtime. Uh, and so just to repeat what I said at the start of the show, uh, we want to be talking about some of the topics that you are interested in. 
Uh, so that means you, the person listening to this show out there, wherever you happen to be. Uh, I'm really curious whether you're out sort of walking around the park or if you're, you know, out jogging, if uh, if you're commuting in some way. Uh, you know, I'd love to hear from you and to hear how you are uh, consuming this podcast and what you'd like to see us cover on it. So once again, you can reach out to me directly on Twitter at Meraki Simon. And I would love to hear from you on there. Uh, just to um, to say hi and to and to hear what you would be interested to hear us talk about some more. And I should also also remind you that the Meraki community is also a great place to go in and talk to each other, uh, your peers in this industry about uh, about some of the topics we're talking about here or anything else uh, related to what we uh, what we're all about at Meraki. Uh, so from the three of us, time to wrap things up for another show. Thank you so much again for joining us. Uh, we look forward to welcoming you back in a couple more weeks. Until then, have a good time, stay well, and we'll speak to you soon. Bye for now.